Coming to you from the mountain fortress of pop culture. You're listening to Time to Talk. In my experience, Governor, relationships between staff members have a bad effect on discipline. Welcome to the fortress of pop culture, where you help us defend everything that is good and joyous about popular music, TV and film. My name is Tim, and together we shall not flag, we shall not fall, we will never surrender. Today we are remembering one of Australia's most beloved TV series, and I've got to tell you, this is one that I used to only listen to, really, not watch sounds odd right it was because I was in my bedroom in bed I wasn't allowed to stay up late enough to watch this but I could hear it and I could hear the family yelling and screaming at the TV because it was one of those ebbs and flows type of show I've got to say on the line I'm joined by Paula and her sister Cairo g'day ladies good morning good, good evening I should say were you guys allowed to stay up late enough to watch no, Prisoner? No, we well, used to hide behind the curtain and watch it. Initially, no. <laughs> we did. We sneak out of our rooms and go watch it hiding. Yes. <laughs> um, but then it became our family night. Like yeah. every, we're a family of eight people and everyone watched Prisoner. Only in Australia would you get Prisoner being the family show of choice. No, right? it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's thrills and spills. There are a lot of people listening to this podcast, believe it or not, who wouldn't know what Prisoner, or otherwise known as Prisoner Cell Block H, even is. Yeah. How would you even describe it? It was groundbreaking. Like, there'd never been a show like it before on Australian TV. There was no makeup. The uniforms were pretty basic. And it was just this group of of, of ratbag women. It was just fantastic. (laughs) All locked up in a prison, yep. all in there. A lot of the stories were that, you know, they were in there unfairly yes. or because they'd been pushed too far. Yep. So there's prostitution, murder, uh, you name it, really, armed robbery, all kinds of things, right? You had your occasional psycho. Yes. The, fo- the show really focused on the prisoners, but the prison staff were also characters in this show. Were they what? <laughs> and the theme song is brilliant, right? It is. <laughs> It is, and it, it was a very popular single as well at the time. I'm here to learn today. I, I, I love Prisoner. I've watched plenty of episodes on YouTube catch up, but I've never watched it all in order. But I'm, I'm a massive Wentworth fan, which is uh, the homage uh, to the original series. I've probably watched the series in its entirety maybe six or seven times. Oh, no. Come on, Paula. How many episodes are 692. there? 692. <laughs> 692. <laughs> Oh and, golly, and I don't even know how many hours. It was it was December nineteen seventy nine through sorry, uh, February nineteen seventy nine through till December nineteen eighty six. It ran, and it was always on Network Ten. What were some of the craziest storylines that were going on in um, in Prisoner? And also, just gush a moment. If you've watched it that many times, you must love it. Tell tell everyone why they should go back and watch it. Because it's just so great. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about it, but it just it captured me from a, from being a young child. I guess because it was so um, controversial at the time. Like there were some very big storylines. There was openly lesbian characters. There was um, uh, the murder of children, and then the subsequent um, 
a, a treatment of kitty killers inside prison. There was mm. um, uh, openly lesbian uh, uh, prison officers or screws. Um, and, I mean, and there was a lot of crappy storylines as well. There were some characters that really, really irritated me. And over the years when I've been watching it, I, I might just not concentrate as hard on those particular characters because they just annoyed me so much. But then there were some brilliant ones as well. Yeah, and and there were some storylines which were, were a bit stupid, but there were some that were just so powerful. Yeah, and, you and know, really dark. Gruesome and dark, like like David Bridges, the, you yeah. know, um, and the... Yeah, one by one, taking out the women, freeing them in his mind, but um, was actually slaughtering them and stashing their bodies around the uh, around the prison. Oh my goodness! And David Bridges was what an officer. Yes, yeah. yes, and, and he had a very um, he had a difficult relationship with his mother, and it led him to decide that he wanted to help these women by freeing them, and he was just slitting their throats. Yeah, but his ending came with um, Cass Parker decapitating him <laughs> with an axe in the um, no. in the garden shed of the Gormans. <laughs> Um, so that, those images of you know the body in the boiler room and, and the axe, um, yeah, you know they really you, stuck with you when you're, when you're seven years old, <laughs> seven or eight years old. They're the sort of things that yeah you, you remember. <laughs> Oh, wow, that's macabre. And, you know, as I said at the top, I wasn't allowed to watch it for, you know, the most part, Mm -hmm. but I could hear it. But one time I remember I must have snuck out there and and caught a glance and uh, Colette Mann, whoever she did, Doreen. Doreen. Yeah, um, the one bit, and this is emblazoned on my mind. So many of us have images of some prisoner scenes emblazoned on our Mm -hmm. mind. This is my one. She's out in the garden and she puts a pitchfork right through her foot. She did. And she looks down. And then the camera pans back up, I think, and she just goes, look what I done, <laughs> something like that. And I'm like, no. I was really disturbed. Uh, she was, it was a desperate cry for help then. She she got cut off to, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the psychiatric institute, but Dr Wiseman, who was the, um, the prison psychologist, psychiatrist, I should say. Yeah, he, he looked after her for a while. And then she, next time you see her, she's doped up to the eyeballs. <laughs> Poor oh really? Oh, maybe yeah. that was the part where she put this thing right through her foot, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! And yeah. some famous, famous actors and actresses have gone through this show, haven't they? In yeah. fact, probably nearly every Australian actor. And of that sometimes with multiple NH. characters. Oh really? Tell yeah. us. So, for example, um, Anne Phelan, who played the uh, one of the best top dogs ever, Myra Desmond, she actually appeared three times. She played a dim-witted uh, inmate called Bernadette. She also played a screw who was nameless. She was just in the background. And then she went on to play Myra Desmond. Um, Ray Ma, who's Alf from Home and Away, he played three separate characters as well. Um, he was Jeff Butler, Jim Fletcher's old army buddy who beat up Meg Morris. He played... Uh, uh, who was it? I can't remember. Kurt Renner, who was a pimp who helped Sonia Stevens when she was on the run, and then he also played the governor of Blackmore Prison, Ernest Craven. That must be a testament to how small the acting community was back in those and days. And that's exactly what I'm reliably informed was the case. Um, <laughs> I have had the pleasure of meeting a few of the cast members and I asked that very question and, and that was the reason. There was, was just a shortage of actors at the time. Well, for that many episodes, exactly, over the yeah. years. All Saints did a little bit the same. It used to really annoy me. There'd be a patient played yeah. by whoever and then they'd come back as a doctor a few years later. <laughs> yeah, fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd been promoted. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people criticise uh, Prisoner because of 
uh, let's go through the list. The acting, the <laughs> sets, because you can see the sets wobbling quite yeah. often in there. Um, and just for hamming it up over the top. And if you watch one scene, you'd walk away going, hmm, what a silly piece of old tripe. But when you <laughs> get into it, if you stick with it for more than 20 minutes, yep. you're hooked, aren't you? It's just oh, like adrenaline. It pulls you in. And um, you can you can sort of miss a few episodes and then the opening scenes will just bring you in and get you hooked on that particular episode. Yeah. Because yeah. the format back when it was originally shown was it was a twice-a-week show. So there was oh. – but the storylines were – ensuing as well so yeah you, you you just you couldn't wait till I think it was was it Friday and Saturday nights at one point Thursday and Thursday Friday. and Friday nights and yeah. then you couldn't wait till the next Thursday night because it was like oh what's gonna happen to Reb Keen you know she she gonna make it out or yeah yeah that was always a cliffhanger wasn't it and Tuesday and Thursday nights for a yeah. while um but yeah always oh, and there's always that last scene that makes you go <gasps> and you know you just can't wait to see the next yeah. episode <laughs> Give us some. Give us some of those cliffhangers because I'm. I'm thinking back. You've got my my brain juices going now. I can okay. remember some of those cliffhangers going. Oh. Well, there was the great uh, Wentworth fire when um, there was uh, a riot and Margot Gaffney threw a Molotov cocktail into the storeroom and unbeknownst to anyone else, um, Colin Powell had actually stored a whole lot of uh, fuel in those. <laughs> In the storeroom, so the whole bloody place went up. So, and then you were worried because uh, Joan Ferguson was stuck on the roof having a, a bash up with B. Smith, and and they're dying of smoke inhalation. But Patty Lawson is is making her way through the through the air conditioning vent to try and save B. And you know, it's, God, there's just too many to mention. There's the um, uh, Nolan McKenzie, who was one of the really baddest, darkest characters in in my view, and she tried to send B. Smith nuts, and. B eventually worked out what was going on and shot her between the eyes with a homemade gun. Oh, wow. Yeah. But not before. She also took a soldering iron and branded the word, the letter K onto her chest for killer because oh. Noel McKenzie had murdered Patty Lawson in the bathroom. Yeah, drowned her in the sink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because oh, no. <laughs> yeah, just for the power of it. So, yeah, there was some, some really evil things done. Yeah. Yeah, and what did tell us about those fight scenes? Now I don't know. You both, you can howl me down for this. It's okay. But um, when we were growing up, this was the only place you could go to watch a good old fashioned Australian scrag fight. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and, and I know you're not allowed to say that anymore. But I mean, look, can't can't we be amused by you know a bunch of ladies pulling each other's hair? I mean, it happened in nearly every episode. There was yeah, there was that. a yeah. lot of a lot of uh, rough and rough and tumble. In actual fact, um, Val Lehman, who played B. Smith, broke uh, Amanda Muggleton's nose. In, in a, real life. Uh, yes. So she didn't mean to, but they were having a, you know, a, a bash up and somehow the elbow went into her schnoz and, and next thing oh, you know, no. she's pissing with blood. Oh, no. It's a very, very pretty face to ruin yes, as well. We love Amanda Muggleton. And, of course, for steamer, when we talk about, the, you know, punishments oh, the and, yeah. and gruesome, the, the old yeah, the steam press in, in the laundry. So many of the scenes happened in the laundry, laundry room, didn't it? Oh, I love the laundry scenes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty much the laundry, the dining room, the rec room. But the dining room and the rec room were actually the same room. They just used to move the furniture and film on different days. Oh, you've ruined the illusion. I oh, know. <laughs> is that right? It yeah. is right, yeah. yeah. So it's a pretty tiny set that they're working on. 
Wow. And and for people who are listening from overseas, like the United States, for example, I know United Kingdom, it was pretty big, but for people who haven't seen it, in America too. remind us what used to happen in that in that laundry room. It was where all the punishment was dished out to the... To well, the yeah. I mean, Officer Yates ended up being stashed in the, um, in the dryers because she was hiding and um, she perished in there. But then, yeah, really? so in, in, I think it was episode two, um, Lynn Warner, who had been arrested for allegedly trying to murder a, a baby, um, B. Smith, uh, as as they did, was very anti crimes against children. So she decided to induct Lynn by showing her how to fold the sheets under the press and then closed the press onto her hands oh, no. and burned her severely. Um, so yeah, there was that. Oh, there was a few incidences with the the sewing machine with the needle through the finger. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. But, I mean, the, the person who had the press, the top dog, oh, yeah. owned the room, owned the prison pretty much. <laughs> um, but that was the seat of power, the press. Yeah, only yeah. the top dog could operate the press unless the top dog delegated it to you, which happened on occasion but not often. How did the show change when Joan the Freak Ferguson joined the cast? Um, okay, so this is, again, something that we talked a little bit about yesterday. So she came in very interesting because I've, I've read her book, um, I actually got an autograph copy. Um, hey. <laughs> yay! Um, uh, she came in at a time she was replacing another stern, strong female character, um, Vinegar Tits. So see you later, Vinegar Tits. A little while later, in End of the Freak, um, her character evolved fairly quickly from, uh, yeah, it... it she was tough. Like, yeah, she, she took no crap from the prisoners from the get-go. And you, you cottoned on pretty quick when she discovered that Faye Quinn was running a, a gambling ring that, and she wanted her cut. So she was on the take. Um, so, in other words, she came in and instead of, you know, she was a strict disciplinarian, all of that, yeah, but yeah. she was actually corrupt as hell as well. Yeah, as she corrupt as hell. She established that about her character very early on in the piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she, oh, she was... Brilliantly acting, you know. She, acting. she played she, that task, that 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 um, character, incredibly well. Yeah, I mean, I think most people for the rest of her life will always associate her with that role. Like, I know yeah. she's an amazing actor and she's done a lot of different things and she's done a lot of theatre, um, but she'll always be the freak. Yeah, <laughs> this is Maggie Kirkpatrick, isn't yeah, it? Kirkpatrick, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she did an amazing job, and again, uh, I hate to make that leap, but when when they were reinventing, I thought they're never going to be able to capture that again. But of course, Pamela Rabe did she, a brilliant job. What they've done with Wentworth is so incredibly clever. Like. Like you, I was fearful, and I mean, I've I've actually still got to catch up on some of Wentworth, but what I've seen of it, it is just so clever. How many seasons of Wentworth are there? We're up to the final number nine is about to air. Oh right, because mm. you know what? I've never seen an episode. I think I might have seen about five minutes of one episode. Oh, you've got a sort of fix that. I, I don't spend a lot of time watching TV, but um, yeah. I do. Honestly, okay. it would it would change your life. I'm not even joking. Yeah, I, I say that to people. But, but you have to you have to avoid spoilers and you have to watch it in order and you have to give the first episode a full go because it okay. because if you've watched Prisoner, the first episode you're constantly like comparing and yeah. referencing because they do a lot of homage to the um in yeah. fact my, one of my favorite scenes in episode 1 of Wentworth is when the top dog is sitting in isolation in the in the slot and she's humming it's so cool but but that's the sort of thing that's going on in your brain if you're a big prisoner you just sort of but then once you accept it for what it is 
it never stops disappointing. It's thrills and spills. It loses its way after season five, but it's still pretty good. All right, great. Well, I'll give it a go. You need to. Yeah, give it a go. I need to catch up. Yeah. What the, tell it? Let's follow through the the freak's journey in prisoner, though the yep. original. She she all kinds of things. She teams up with this officer Murphy from one uh, state. Well, that's very short lived. Anyway, so initially, yes, he and the freak kind of team up, and they're like, right, between us, we'll we'll turn things around, and the you know we'll show these prisoners who's boss. But then, yes, it's a prison, not a holiday camp. But then, Len Murphy <laughs> finds out that that um, Joan Ferguson is a lesbian and he has a <laughs> hatred <laughs> of lesbians right. because his wife ran off with another woman. <laughs> so they end up bitter enemies. And they, there's actually a really good fight scene between those two where Joan hoofs him a bloody big uh, punch right in his big gut <laughs> and he doubled over. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he, uh, Maury Fields, the... He's so lovable. He's a lovable he's, guy. He plays a great old-school, hard-as-nails... Villain. Screw. Yeah. Yeah. Just backpedaling to the freak's father, she did mm. have a very... Um, uh, it was a big part of her storyline. So the relationship was was a difficult one because he was he was from the army. She wanted to go into the army, but she couldn't. I, I don't think she made it through the whatever process they have. Um, but, you know, he was a major in the army. She called her dog major after him. Um, and there was a few times that he uh, he was on the show and they really did delve into that relationship stuff. Uh, there was a scene where the major came to get a tour of the prison and he ended up inviting Colleen Powell and Meg Morris to have dinner with, with him and Joan. And Joan was just devastated and she ended up leaving the restaurant because she was so upset that he seemed to be paying them more attention than her. Oh, he was all, she was always trying to earn his approval and yes, all of that sort of stuff. Exactly but then right. I, I also remember, you're just stirring up all the memories, there was a, a point where she, because she's childless and mm-hmm. and lots of daddy issues, that she, um, for, I think a boy in foster care, is it Ryan? She yep, sort of same. suddenly adopts him but then doesn't he... Um, he doesn't die, he gets stuck in a drain, but ultimately she doesn't get to keep him. <laughs> yeah, we called her Auntie Joan. Um, she Auntie Joan. Auntie Joan. That was the highest 80s child actor voice in history. Yep. <laughs> yep. And he was actually nominated for an, a Logie. Um, for, the, for that role? For that role. Oh, that my God. You know what? He, he, he would have went well in a Coddy's commercial back in the day. <laughs> he would have. Yeah. <laughs> Those big front teeth and, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I remember that being one of the cliffhangers, him being, um, yeah, stuck Shane in the drain. Shane Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shane. Yeah, yep. that's it. Yeah. And there was the flood was coming and he was getting, the water was getting water higher was and she was trying to get yep. him out. He survived, though, I remember. But then ultimately um, she was abandoned again because he got put in a different foster care place. Yeah, he got something. taken off her um, and he ended up with a family uh, I can't remember the family's name, but Terry Donovan played the father. Oh, he always did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he had there a foster sister and, yeah. But yeah. then, just to, just to finish her off, the, the very the whole of Prisoner comes to an end, doesn't it, after all these years on air. Yep. Um, and the prisoners hatch a plot and they get, they I get just up. remember the chilling end. Tell us oh, about it. 
It was wonderful. Yeah. Now, a lot of the Facebook groups that I follow, you're not allowed to talk about the ending oh. because they um, they get annoyed because people haven't seen it in, in, in its entirety. Now, okay. it finished in 1986. If you don't know what happened, where have you been? Well, therefore, I think what we can say here is if you're listening to this and you're curious about watching it, yes. stop now. Yeah, stop right because now. <laughs> we're about to ruin everything for you and your life will never be the same. So just turn it off. So, so Rita Connors, the top dog, um, is is dying of um, uh, terminal leukaemia and she hatches this plot that she thinks, I just want to go out with the bang, so just one more time, I've, I know this building society that's going to have, have this amount of cash available, it's there, it's ready and is back in jail. So then the next thing you see, Joan Ferguson coming to work and, oh, God, Rita's dead and, you know, they're all in the grounds crying their eyes out. So the freak thing's excellent. I can go and retrieve this money as agreed and I don't have to split it. Yeah, because she's thinking there's a big fat bag of money big sitting fat in bag a of money spot. sitting in the roof yeah. cavity of this building society and I'll just go and, yeah, and then I'll just piss off and, and, and quit my job. So she, the next thing you see, Joan, wearing the most appalling tweed suit that I've ever seen in my life. It looked like it could bloody scrub a pot it was so rough um she's wearing this beige suit and she you see her walking down the street with a big shopping bag and she goes into the building society retrieves the money and then as she's walking out hand on the shoulder excuse oh, me miss ferguson uh, it's such an adrenaline yours your knit <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then, golly. And she knows, the look on her face is like oh, she knows what this means. Yeah. 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 She looks pretty bloody haggard. Yeah. And and then they take her to Wentworth because there was yeah. no, no one else would take her. No one else would take her. So they take her to the place as a prisoner where she has been terrorising everyone forever. But, yes. You know, and um, plonk her in with the... <laughs> plonk her in the pan. But it's only overnight. Like they're going to... They're gonna, take her somewhere else the next day but yeah the, but what that scene though yeah oh, guy, scene. Ferguson, Ferguson Ferguson yeah that yeah. was incredible and, they, and the way they cut it up is just yeah. it's flashes so to all the different people yeah and the look on Rita Connors face well then miraculously Rita Connors is actually no, not oh, really yeah. dead yeah. <laughs> surprise it was all around it was yeah it was all a little plan yeah oh yeah. my goodness but yeah that last just the concept of the person who inflicted all this pain on so many people yeah. going in with all her victims and the fact that they leave it at that and you yeah. just in your your imagination must take over at that point to go, I wonder well Oh, I've wondered You barely have to wonder, don't you? They were torn <laughs> yeah. her limb from limb. Yeah. So what year did it finish? Eighty six. Eighty six. It was December eighty six. There was an, a bit of a I suppose in hindsight, unfortunate storyline where there was a proper siege and the man who played the father in Hey, hey Dad. Dad. yeah, who's now yeah. in Tell Himself. Robert. Um, yeah, Robert Hughes. Um, Hughes, yeah. Yeah, he played like the head siege man. He shot Noel um, Desmond. Oh, that's right. And that whole storyline after many episodes ended up with her just looking down the barrel of a gun, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. And then you just see her shut her eyes and boom, she's gone. That was that was a traumatic moment for me in mm. Prisoner. That's yep. another one that stayed with me for a long time as a kid. Yep. Yeah. My son. Well, he who, loved what, Myra Desmond. 
She well, Myra Desmond, great. right, was she was such a, a good, pure, but also tough. So she she could be effective, right? She was a very effective top yep. dog. But I remember oh, every, barely an episode would go by where she'd go, wouldn't growl, no drugs, <laughs> no drugs. Exactly. Like, seriously, if you say it one more time, I'm going to stop watching, no drugs. Exactly. Like, well, God. most of the top dogs, the good top dogs were anti-drugs. Like, B, for obvious reasons, because her daughter Debbie had perished from an overdose. Mm. Mm. Um, and yeah, Myra had the same stance, and, and yeah, good honour. No drugs, <laughs> no drugs. <laughs> and I like the fact that you know she stood up for that, but you know yeah. she was in the pursuit of no drugs. She'd throw many people up against the locker and absolutely get, put them in a headlock and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah. do you have a favourite character at all? Yeah, mine would have to be Lizzie. Oh, yeah. poor old Lizzie. She died her. during the shoot, didn't she? No, well, no, no, no. She shoot, actually but... left to, because I've read her book as well, she yeah. left to uh, look after her ailing husband. So uh, for those who don't know, Lizzie was this tiny little bird-like woman <laughs> with a, a smoker's voice and oh. um, a raucous laugh. Yes. Um, so in, in real life she was a, a chain smoker as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what what's interesting about Lizzie is, or the, the the actress Sheila Florence is, she did a lot of stage work prior to Prisoner, and if you watch any interviews with her, she actually speaks very poshly. Really, and then she goes into Ah, bloody hell, <laughs> bugger, yeah, bugger. God. I never would have picked that to be honest. She was so yeah, yeah she's um, actually very authentic. genteel and quite quite the snob, if I may say so. Yeah. Oh, but she was gorgeous with her uh, little cute haircut and her. Maroon jumper and, and her the way she'd lick her lips at the thought of getting a drop of booze and her laugh when she was just yeah, yeah. no she's terrific. Look, we have to mention little Meg as well. Yeah, oh, if we have to. <laughs> Well, she, she was she was a source of all light and truth in the place, yeah. wasn't she? She was a good good yeah, person. You know, she, but her husband gets stabbed by a pair of scissors mm. by Chrissy Latham. By Chrissy Latham, um, you know, her son runs off to the navy. She gets brutally raped by Ferret from Michelle and Ferret from Fast Forward. Um, you know, she has all the bad things in life. How many we husbands? Look, uh, two husbands, but then numerous affairs. She had it yeah. off with Dr. Greg Miller. She was engaged to Dennis Crookshank. Um, she had a fling with Kurt uh, with uh, Jeff Butler. Yeah, so she was a she was a bit of a. Why do you oh. say if we have to? Do you not? Is she boring? I just don't like her. <laughs> oh, she's not my favourite character. She's not annoying, but she's she was just too nice for me. Um, she did so many things to help the women. I mean, it's good that I guess someone cares. Um, but, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah. See, okay, I reckon my favourites in terms of like the acting and the character development, it's got to be B and Lizzie. Well, Lizzie just for fun, but mm. B and the Freak in terms of yeah. really well-acted roles. I, yeah. I didn't like seeing Meg go head-to-head with certain characters. Like, obviously, her and, and Joan always disagreed. Yeah. Um, the friendship between Meg and Vera Bennett was an interesting one mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Vera was a very lonely soul. She had a very tough exterior, the very severe hair, etc. but she was just longing for love. And Meg kind of cottoned onto that and and was kind to her, which was nice. What does it mean to you, Paula and Cairo? What's the show mean to you? It for me, it's just it's oh, that is a very deep probing question. I'm not quite sure what to say. Um, it's it it's my childhood. Yeah. It's something that I grew up loving. It's something that I was so 
delighted to find again on YouTube. And uh, I'm not sure if all the episodes are still there. They used to be. Um, and I, I, I just love it. Yeah, um, I love it. It's, it's my childhood because that's the way it was. And um, we used to play act when we were kids. Yeah. Like my poor mum, um, you know, big family, she cooks up these meals and we'll be sitting there poking at our food with a fork going, I'm not eating this muck. <laughs> Um, and um, you I know, think we had a few like fake bash ups. I was Margot nice. Gaffney and yeah, yeah, someone we, else. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I, I've, I have a general love of uh, of Australian soap operas in general. Like I've yeah. I, I've watched Sons and Daughters in its entirety, A Country Practice in its entirety, um, several times. Um, and so, like m- most recently, I watched all of the episodes. I've watched all fourteen seasons of a Country Practice, and every time a prisoner character came in, I'd take a screenshot of it. Going, oh yeah, that was so. And send it to me on Snapchat. Yeah. Great. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, I'm a that's bit of a tragic, actually. So it yeah. sounds to me, Paula, like it's your comfort as well. It is. Yes, yeah, I think you actually hit the nail on the head with that. I do find it very soothing to sit down with a good Aussie drama. And I, I was asking you, how do you possibly manage to just see? have seen it over and over again so many times and she's like oh, I just put like I'll have my iPad on and you know I'll be getting ready for work and I'll put it on I might be having a shower or a bath I've been guilty things. of having it run through the car stereo I'm not watching it but I'm listening to it okay oh okay. my goodness yeah because wow. I can visualize it because I've seen it all before <laughs> yeah oh, that is very cool. for me I, I've always had an interesting because I don't watch much tv at all but an interesting crime and um it sort of taught me all the things all the things I needed to know yeah <laughs> no but um you know it taught me about society I guess and the different you know it's so many dark things in society but yeah um how, to, how to stab your husband yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or shoot him as B Smith did <laughs> it, it, it was it was a little bit of a man-hating show oh very much so yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. It didn't paint the, the, the male species in a particularly good light because whenever the women, even when they'd done something hideous, you could dig your way through the storyline and the plot and ultimately there'd be a man to blame. Yep. Listen, it's been really fun, Paula and Cairo. Thank you for helping me walk down memory lane on Prisoner, that show that scarred You're me welcome. for life as a young boy. I love talking about Prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> you could do it all day, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got the Betty Bobbitt book signed by her as well. She's now passed on, which is very sad. Um, and so I've got the Joan Ferguson book, the Lizzie book. There's plenty to read. There's plenty of fodder. It, it's got a life of its own. Well, I, I thank you again for talking to me. I hope you both go and do Wentworth the right way. No spoilers right from the beginning. Yep. And honestly, it will change your life. You're going to love it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Terrific. All right. It's been great. Good on you guys. Lovely to meet you. You too.